Who came expecting this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm thirsty, amen. You that are watching, you that are listening, amen. Are you hungry and thirsty today? Hallelujah. My, 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 it's just, whoo, you're going to get filled up today, amen. And faith is going to come alive on the inside of you as you grab a hold to this word today, amen. Because really what the Lord had been ministering to me about is a faith that is unwavering or an unwavering faith, amen. You know, and, and one of the things, just in my prayer time, is, you know, I, 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 who finds themselves where they're talking to the Lord, you know, and they just get real. You just get real with God, you know, and it's amazing to me that as I was just talking with the Lord, is that he asked a question. He said, am I a part-time Savior? Am I a part-time deliverer? Am I a part-time healer? Am I just part-time? Because many times believers or Christians are just part-time. Part-time Christians, part-time believers. Some of the times they use faith, some of the times they don't. Part-time in the Word, part-time. But no, Jesus... Is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a full-time Savior. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He is a full-time deliverer. He's a full-time healer. He's a full He doesn't just do things part-time. Amen? Hallelujah. But actually, He already finished it. It's a finished work. It's already done. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But it's when we believers, amen, trust Him. And actually are not wavering in what we do. But that was pretty intense. Amen? Amen. That the Lord would say, it's like, because that's what's happened. You could see it, what's happened. And, and, you know, that's one of the things, that's one of the troubles of complacency. That's one of the troubles even you can find in churches where they try to appeal to certain people and they try to do certain things and they water down the message and they... You're setting people up for failure, bottom line. When you start to do, you know, and and try to make it nice and comfortable for people, it's going to somewhere down the road bite them and bite you. And that's what's happened. I mean, there's a major, major, big church that actually, not even half the people, a handful of people compared to what they had, have actually even returned. You, You know what I'm saying? And finally, when the pastors realized, oh my goodness, well, you know, we accommodated. This is what the thing is. We just accommodated the people. We accommodate. You're going to accommodate them right into hell if you're not careful. You will accommodate them into a comfort zone. You will accommodate them out of the will and out of the things of God. That's why we, see, and, and, and I believe even if pastors just came to the realization, we are accommodating the Holy Spirit. That's who we accommodate. Amen? Hallelujah. And we don't accommodate comfort, and we don't accommodate, you know, strife, and we don't accommodate these other things. Amen? Hallelujah. We don't accommodate gossip. We don't accommodate, come on, doubt. We don't accommodate. We can't, as believers, we can't accommodate these things. We can't allow them to occupy 
We can't allow them to have any, any place in us, whatever it may be. Amen? So there's this, where we, we have this unwavering faith. Amen? Either you got it or you don't. Amen? Either you got faith or you don't got it. And if you don't got faith, you got something else. And you got to get rid of that something else, which is going to be fear, doubt, unbelief, an opinion. I mean, don't even get me started on that. I mean, so many people are just, some people are just opinionated. And they opinionate themselves right out of the Word of God. They opinionate themselves right out of church. They opinionate themselves into seclusion. They pay. They'll be over. You know what I mean? Yes. Question things. Question everything. But that doesn't mean you got to go around questioning people. That doesn't mean you got to go and fight and argue and debate. Amen. It doesn't mean that you got to come against people just because they believe a little bit different than the way that you believe. Amen. Love everybody. Amen. Love, love, love. Hallelujah. And so there's all these kind of things that could come in, but it's about a faith that will not be shaken and will not be moved. Amen? Because I'm telling you what, everything is about to be shaken. It's already been shaken. It's about to be shaken. And guess what? The church, we can't be shaken. Amen? But there is a segment of the church that needs to be shaken. Amen? Like some, sometimes you just see people, they're so, you know what I'm saying? They're just so... I don't know what, what, what you want, how to even really describe it, but they're so lost. <laughs> they're so confused. They're so, you want to just take them and you want to shake them. Hey, wake up! Wake up! Get a grip! Grow up! Amen? I mean, people just need to grow up. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, we're not going to be shaken. Amen? That doesn't mean that we're prideful. It doesn't mean that we're rebellious. It doesn't mean, no, we're going to stand on the word. And if it's contrary to the word, guess what? We're going to have a little bit of an issue. Amen? Come on. We're not going to tolerate it. And that's the problem is even with these governors, if they only knew, if they only knew who they were, but it seems like they don't even know who they are. It doesn't even seem like they know who they represent. And that's the problem with most politicians. They don't represent you. They represent themselves and the special interests that got them there. They don't represent anyone else but that. You know, and that's why, well, all these need to, they need to just, they need to sue. We've got to sue the government. And the government needs to sue the federal government. No. All, you know what, all they need to do? When they come up with something, the federal government or this administration, this, uh, This administration that is illegitimate, let me just say that, says something, you got to do something, no, this is what you do. The governor, and I even encourage the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who's under a lot of pressure and a lot of, I mean, you understand he's being hit by every angle. So pray for the man. Pray for his wife, the first lady of Texas. Pray for You know, I'm not saying you can't pray for the leaders. Pray for Joe Biden needs to be saved. It's very clear. And he needs to be healed because he is not of the right mind. And all these others, pray for their salvation. Pray for them. Pray. But like these governors just need to do this. You don't need to sue anybody. You just need to get up and say, no. That's how we deal with the devil. Mm -hmm. When the devil tells you something, 
or the devil tries to convince you to do something, what do you tell the devil? Do you get, do you get somebody else involved? Do you get some lawyer or get somebody else involved to, to deal with that? Some other person to involve, get involved to deal? No. You deal with it because you've been delegated by the head of the church, Jesus Christ. He's delegated power and authority to you. And you tell the devil, no. That's right. And the devil questions, well, why? Because in the name of Jesus, I said so. Amen? Amen? And it settles it. So this with these governors, in the name of the we the people, the Republic of Texas, no. Come on. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, you, it, it's, it's time, church. It's time to wake up. And not to be shaken or moved by anything else out there, but have an unwavering kind of faith. Amen? A faith that just doesn't waver, a faith that doesn't quit, a faith that doesn't... You know, and that's the problem is many people just give up and give up and and they give up quick. You know, that, and that's one of the dangers of, of sometimes we find ourselves where we're pushing to get something and because you don't get it, or it doesn't come in the time frame, or it doesn't come in that you just quit. When literally, many a times, believers are on the threshold of a breakthrough. And it just took just that 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, a week, another month. That's all it would have been, and it would have been a mighty breakthrough. Amen. You know, there's a great, one of the greatest churches up in the, the Washington, D.C. area. For 10 years, there were 10 people. For 10 years, 10 people. And then all of a sudden, it exploded. One of the greatest churches up there now. Can you imagine? But why? Because God is looking for a faithful people. And really, what he's looking for is he's not looking for a crowd. He's looking for a remnant. That's right. A remnant that are faithful people. Amen? And that's why a lot of people, you know, well, well, you know, faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Well, go look at the Greek. I just want to say this. Go look at the Greek. Of what, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, list nine fruit, it talks about faith. Go look at the Greek. It's faithfulness. That's what the Greek word, that's what it means. Faithfulness. Amen? Come on. It's about being faithful. Hallelujah. But faith comes, faith comes by the Word of God. By hearing the Word of God. It doesn't come any other way. Faith doesn't come by fasting. Who knows that? Faith doesn't come by prayer. Faith comes by the Word of God. Amen? Hearing the Word of God. It is a seed, hallelujah, the Word of God, that will be planted in your heart, hallelujah. And I believe today that the seed of the Word of God will be planted in your heart and will take root and grow and produce. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Today is the day of faith. Amen? Amen? And my Bible says it. Amen? Amen? Now is faith. Faith is a now thing. Amen? Amen? But go over with me this morning, amen, to Mark, Mark 11. I mean, when you talk about faith, you, can't, you cannot not go to Mark 11. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Like Mark 11 is. <laughs> you stand on that. Amen? Which I believe actually was Kenneth Hagin's favorite verse. But you see, it worked for him. He got his miracle. He got his breakthrough because of it. And you know what he decided? I'm not going to change that. Amen? That's the problem is, you don't need to run off church and find something new or find something else 
that might work, stand on what does work. And the Word of God works. But you've got to work the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just feel just for those even that are watching and listening, let's just pray as, as, uh, before we start here in the Word of God in, in Mark. Thank you, Lord, that every ear will hear what the Spirit has to say. Lord God, I pray that you do a earwax cleaning in the Spirit to get out any blockage that would block people hearing from hearing your Word and what you want to speak to them. That Holy Spirit, that you will teach that you are equipped, that you are empowered today. And as your word goes for, as your word goes forth, as you've anointed my tongue, even as a pen of a ready writer to deliver your word, and that word goes forth, that faith is going to come alive. Lord, I want to speak your word today. I don't, I don't care what any other man has to say, what any book has to say. I care what your book, the Bible has to say, and that your word will come forth and people will rise up in faith that actually bondage is and strongholds will be broken off of people's lives today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Got to get that spiritual Q-tip out. You know what I mean? And get, get that wax cleared out. Amen? Hallelujah. So here it is, Jesus. He's going about his earthly ministry. And in verse 18 of Mark 11... You could see he's, he's dealing with some things here. And it says, And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. You see, Jesus went about teaching faith. And they didn't like it. You know, the religious have a problem with faith. They want to shut it down. Why? Because the religious want to be your faith. The religious people, they want that you would turn to them. That's where many denominations, their denominations are man-made. Who understands that? Many denominations bring in this man-made aspect to it. They have their own ideas that actually go against the Word of God. But they'll try to actually intermingle God's Word in it so that some of it sounds like, well, which some of it is kind of true. But then they mix their nonsense that, that's contrary to the word of God. And so Jesus is here. He's dealing with religious. They want to destroy him because he's teaching faith. Amen. Jesus went about. What did he do? He was preaching. He was teaching. And he was demonstrating the word of God. All of those three things are faith things. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Preach. Now, although you really can't. I mean, we preach faith, but we can't put faith in you. Amen? I wish I could. I wish I had a hookup where I could just hook you up. Amen? And we just get you full of faith, but it don't work that way. Amen? But I have a hookup. It's a Holy Ghost hookup. It's the Word of God. It's the seed of the Word of God. Amen? That's unchanging, never failing, never goes out of style, no matter what they say. Amen? It is relevant today. Amen? Hallelujah. And so Jesus is dealing with this in the religious where they actually sought to destroy him. They feared him. That's something that they actually feared him. Because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. See, he taught something. He taught the word. He was the word become flesh, teaching the word of God. Amen. Unadulterated. Unmodified. Amen. 
but high octane. Come on. I mean, and I believe your faith will be boosted today. Amen. So you can see, and when he even was come, he went out of the city. So here it is. And, uh, and in verse 20 it says, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. You say, well, Peter here calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed, it withered away. So let me backtrack because you can see Jesus in his earthly ministry going about teaching, preaching, demonstrating miracle signs and wonders, having great revival and great riots. Amen. Happened in Jesus' time. Amen. Had people that loved him and that would follow him and that wanted to be touched by him. And you had the others who hated him, who wanted to destroy him, who feared him. But what happened is, if I go back before him going in and preaching, and actually here it's interesting because there's the money changer situation, but he goes in to a city. Before he goes into the city, he sees the fig tree. And what does he do to that fig tree? Because it doesn't have any fruit. He curses it to the root. He curses the fig tree to the root. But you know what's amazing? He didn't wait around to see it wither up and die. He just went on. And that's the thing is with our lives. Is our faith should be so unwavering we don't have to wait around to see that it happened. We don't have to wait around to see. He didn't wait around. He didn't just set up camp and watch that fig tree. No, he knew what he spoke would be fulfilled. Amen? Think about it. How many times do people, you know, they'll, they'll speak something or do it, but then they're, all they're concentrated on is that thing happening, rather than just going about in faith, living and walking out our faith. Amen? And so then it is, as he's been ministering, and all of these troubles with all of these religious, they come back through and it makes, they take note. And Peter says, calling to remembrance, saith unto Master, Behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest, is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Amen? Have faith in God. That's what his response. He says some other things and we'll get into that. But here it is, Jesus. And I want to reiterate, because you know, repetition brings revelation. Jesus walking, sees a fig tree, speaks to the fig tree, and keeps on moving. Amen? Speaks, speaks to the fig, has a conversation with a tree. A man speaking to trees. Amen? Just think about that. That should blow your mind right there. So he speaks to the fig tree, tells it to wither up. Obviously, because it didn't bear fruit. But he didn't... He just kept on moving. Amen. And that's how we are. He just kept on moving. We just, he just kept on going in. He kept on ministering. He kept on doing what he was called to do. You, you, you see, don't get stopped because you don't see an immediate happen. An instantaneous happen. But by faith, you know it will happen. Amen. By faith, you see, when you speak words, you know that you put in motion a spiritual law. 
What you speak is going to bear something. It is going to produce something. Amen? And so, why is that? Because there's a spiritual law of what you say. Your words are like containers. Amen? And they contain faith. They contain doubt. They can contain fear. They can contain, I mean, think about it. But there's a spiritual law behind it where what you say. Why? Because there is power in your words. Power in your tongue. Amen? Not life and death, but power to invoke life or death. Amen? Death doesn't have power. Life doesn't have power in that situation. You understand what I'm saying is it's your tongue that has power over life and death. So, so what happens is Jesus doesn't hesitate. He doesn't have any doubt. He knows the words that he spoke are going to produce something. And he continued on, went in and ministered. Before this passage, you'll see he's dealing with the religious. Comes out, leaves the city, and his disciples take note. Remember that fig tree you cursed? It's withered up. They noticed it. They noticed it. And Jesus, his response is what's so amazing. It's so amazing because it's for us a foundation. Amen? Have faith in God. Amen? Don't get slowed down waiting for things to happen. Continue on. Amen? Continue moving. Continue to have faith. Don't allow your faith to waver one bit. Even if it doesn't, what you say, what you believe in God for, doesn't happen right then, you believe it has already happened. Amen? Same way with miracles, with healing. Amen? That's why when you see Isaiah's reference to by the stripes of Jesus, it says, you, what? Were, were healed and are healed. New and the old. Amen? So you were healed. It's like the healing, but now it's just that it will manifest in your body. Amen? Come on. But you already, it was already accomplished. Your healing was already accomplished through the body of Jesus Christ. Your healing was paid for. It was already, do you understand? It was a, it's sealed. Amen? Come on. But it's as you don't waver. You don't allow anything to come in. Amen? Come on. That would try to take your miracle would try to actually take that word. Amen? Because that's what the enemy is. He's good at doing. He's been doing it for 6,000 years. Where he'll take the word. And he'll try to get you not to believe it. Amen? And I guarantee you he's doing it on overtime. Don't do it. But I'll just tell you. The media. If you watch the news. Stop. But that's all they do. They All they do. They are in direct relationship with the kingdom of darkness. They have yoked themselves to the kingdom of darkness. And that's all they speak is lies to get you to believe something contrary to God's word. Everything that you hear come out of their mouth is contrary to God's word. Everything. And unfortunately, even doctors have gotten off. And there are still a lot of good doctors out there. Praise God for good doctors. Amen. 
But there are a lot of doctors with the wrong motives and the wrong intent that will speak the same thing. They will speak doubt. They will speak fear. They will speak unbelief. They speak sickness. They speak, this is incurable. They speak these things. Remember, their words have power. Don't allow somebody's words, though, to have power over your life. Amen? Because you have the word of God that has power over every word. Amen? So you begin to speak the word of God by faith. Who believes the word of God? Say, I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. And what God's word says. And what God's word says. Is the final authority. Is the final authority. Bottom line. You know, the fact of the matter is it is the final. God's word is it. You don't even have to believe it. It's still it's it. It is the final word, is the final authority, it is the final so but it's when we believe it. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. It's when we believe it. When we have faith what God said, He will do it. Amen? And He is not a man that He will lie. Amen? God is faithful. He is faithful. He is a good God. He is not after you. He is for you. Amen? But you better be for Him. Amen? And not come against Him and come contrary. Because the problem is many people come against the Word of God and find themselves in a lot of trouble. Because they just give themselves over. They give themselves over to the enemy. They give themselves over to those thoughts. They give themselves over to reasonings. You know, many people reason. That's probably one of the biggest things that happens. Who's ever been in that position? I think we've all been there where you reason your way out of what God wanted. Amen? Amen. So, but we're not going to reason our way out of what God wants for us. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you can see, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Amen? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Oh, that's a big one. You see, you can say a lot of things, you can speak things, but is there doubt somewhere? I would say get a big extinguisher and just put that doubt out. Amen? Extinguish it. Get rid of it. Don't doubt God. Amen? And we'll get into some points here a little bit later of how that all applies. So, do not doubt in your heart. Amen? But shall believe that those things which he saith. Who? Who saith? You saith. Shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen? But you know that's good and bad. That's why we say things that line up with the word of God. That's why if it doesn't line up with the word of God. I mean who's been in that scenario where you're talking about things and whatever. And somebody may be going through something. And then you know there's where the word of God is being you know spoken and. But then somebody will just speak something totally contrary to God's word. And you'll just write in your spirit. You'll say, no. That does not line up with the word of God. Amen? 
That's why you do have to test those things. You have to, from that aspect of it, right? Does it line up with the Word of God? If an angel was to show up and tell you something, you better be ready to say, okay, give me some scripture on that. Give me, because many people have been deceived. You could tell the horror stories, and that's what they are. They are horror stories. Why? Because they believe something from the pit of hell. They believe the lie from the enemy that is totally contrary to God's word. Coming up with all kinds of different things that, that are become doctrines and become religious strongholds for people. And that's the problem is, they didn't line it up with the word of God. It has to be lined up with God's word. Amen. We believe God's word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we're not going to waver from that. Otherwise, if we waver and get off of God's word, then guess what? Our faith is going to waver. Because you can start to put in a trust. It's, it's not just superficial. It's fake. It's false. It's, you understand. It's into something else. We don't, even though, hey, look, who has health insurance? But do you put your trust in health insurance? No. 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 You put your trust in God. Amen? So, that's the thing is you could have certain things. There are things that we do, because we live in this world, although we're not of this world. But you don't put your trust in things, material things, or other or false things. Because, you know, that can become, that happens where it becomes a false, almost it becomes an idol to some people because they believe in that more than they believe in God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And Jesus goes on in verse 24 saying, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray... Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Isn't it amazing that God wants you to have the desires of your heart? And He's giving you a key to how to receive them. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I believe, personally, because of what the Word of God says, that God gives you the desires of your heart. So when... Jesus is talking of this about this. He's not talking about seducive desires or other kind of desires. He's talking about godly desires. God-given desires. So many people will try to take that, and I've heard it. Usually it's some seeker-sensitive, watered-down gospel that whatever you want. No, it's not whatever you want. It's whatever the godly desire is that's in your heart. Amen? Because your desires should be godly. Not flesh. So when God gives you the desires of your heart, that literally means they're His desires. Amen? And you've adopted them as your own. Hallelujah. Very simple. But if you stick with the simple, amen, you won't get confused. And you won't get caught up in all the other super spiritual flakiness that happens. Amen? So you can see... Here, that they're whatever you desire. Hallelujah. Which I explain desires this way as well. The desire, when God gives you a desire, amen? That desire is proof from God that it's yours. Amen? 
That's proof. It's already yours. Otherwise, why would He give you the desire? Amen? Why would He give you the desire for something that He never intended for you to have? Amen? Or that He didn't want you to have? Or that was bad or fleshly. You see, that's where you... What is the desire? Amen? Well, our desire at the River Church is for souls, for, for people to be prepared for eternity, to be a church with a difference, that people will be touched by God, by the mighty hand of God, that people will be set free, saved, delivered, healed, whatever it is, whatever breakthrough you need. Amen? Come on. Our desire is that you serve God radically all the days of your life. Our desire is that you have an eternal way of seeing things and thinking about things. Amen? See, our desire, our desire is that we're going to advance the kingdom of heaven. Our desire is that we have a heavenly mandate. Amen? While we're here on earth, we want to fulfill those things. Our desire is to learn the word of God. Amen? Our desire is to walk and live by faith. Amen? So, it's about your desires. What are our desires? Amen? Because really, what happens is when people allow other desires to come in, their faith is going to waver. And they will spend their life spinning their wheels or chasing things that was a total waste. And that's what happens with people. People will chase things for a lifetime that had nothing to do with the desires. Godly desires. What God wanted for them. What God's will was for them. Amen? Because God doesn't want anyone in bondage. Amen? God doesn't want anyone obviously serving another God. But people will, will, will find themselves in this trapped or entrapped and in this place where they're doing something totally contrary to God's Word. And some preachers, like I was saying just a little bit ago, will water it down saying, well, no, that's fine. It's a desire. You have the desire. You can do it. No, it doesn't work that way. Amen? Well, I desire to drink all day long. How is that godly? Well, I desire to smoke Pot makes me feel good, you know. Lines up the universe for me. What? Oh, that, that ain't God. Amen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, there's other things. Well, I want to just shop all the time. As fun as that sounds, and I'm I'm sure. Come on. That's not what God's plan for you is. Amen. Hallelujah. But that they're godly desires. Hallelujah. Well, I desire to get a new husband or a new wife. It, it, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to give some real world examples, but that's what people do. Well, but God spoke to me. That's my husband. Some woman, you know, that's my husband over there. Hold on, wait a minute. He's married. There's a problem here. That's not your husband. That's somebody else's husband. Amen? Amen. That's my wife. Uh, she's married. She's got kids. You know what I mean? Uh, so, no. Do you understand what I'm saying? But people will sometimes, well, whatever I want. No, it's whatever God wants for you, He puts in your heart. Amen? And that's where you attach your faith. Why am I talking about this so much? Because that's what you attach your faith. To receive that. To get that. What God wants for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 25. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you for your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. 
Wow. Mm. So, a lot of times answered prayer would actually manifest if people just had a heart that was forgiving. It's a blockage. You know, where there's ought, or there's these different feelings, or different emotions, or different things that they have against people. You know, they, they hold, they have resentment. That is a faith killer. That is, do you understand? That is because in your dealing with, and that's one of the things we have to remember is, in dealing in the realm of faith, which is in the God realm, amen? That's a kingdom, amen? I mean, we've all heard faith is the currency of heaven. Souls is the currency of heaven. We talk about that too, but faith is a currency. Faith is a heavenly. Faith, you know, God gives you a measure of faith. Here it is, Jesus saying, have the God kind of faith. Amen? You see, He forgave us through His Son, Jesus Christ. He made a way through His Son. You understand, there's resentment and things like that. Those are faith killers. That, that, your faith will not be able to operate. Your faith, why? Because of a blockage in your life of unforgiveness or bitterness or these things. Come on, resentment. Ill feelings against somebody. And so I love how it says here, and when ye stand, pray, forgive. You know, one of the things you can do, and this is just a helpful thing, this is just a side note, not necessarily part of the the, the direction or message, but if there are people that you just don't like, and I know you all, I see halos. Amen? You love everybody in the world. Amen? But that's really not a reality. Amen? There's some people, you know, that just rub you the wrong way or maybe you don't like. The best way to solve it is to pray for them. Amen? I mean, Jesus says, when you stand, pray, forgive. Amen? But really, it's important, yes, that you forgive or maybe you have... I remember one time, Pastor Gloria can tell you the story better. We're at church. We're at the river in Tampa. You know, and I don't know, after it was over... A certain period of time, quite a long time actually, we were there. Remember, sweetheart? And this woman, out of the blue, yeah, which one? I mean, yeah, which story? We have some stories. Amen? But this woman comes up to her and says, I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. But I had these feelings against you and I didn't like you and I didn't, and didn't even know. Pastor Gloria didn't even know this woman. Like, you know what I mean? We knew she was there at the church or whatever, but there was no relationship. There was nothing. But people will formulate ideas and opinions. And she came up and she said, I just, I just want to tell you that I'm sorry because I just had these feelings up against you and whatever they were. And yeah, derogatory, whatever they were, right? But see, sometimes people formulate in their mind without even knowing anything and they'll just begin to just now resent that person or don't like that person or have ill feelings of that person or didn't... I mean, can you imagine? And what did you tell her? You say, that's fine, I, I forgive you. It's no, there's nothing, you know, it's like... Yeah. But the woman felt like she needed to verbalize it to get to deal with it, to put it to an end, you know? And Pastor Gloria said, oh, well, I mean, she didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? You just go through life, you just love people and just... Accept them. Amen. That's a whole nother message. Hallelujah. Right? Good times and bad, right? You love and committed in good times and bad. 
Isn't that right? My wife loves me in spite of me. You understand what I'm saying? That's for love. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's mutual. Hallelujah. Amen. But Where? Okay. I don't know. You'd have to tell the story. But it's just not having any feelings. Just. Amen? Oh. Well, I was ushering one Sunday since we're telling stories at the river in Tampa. And because you always find a place to serve. Amen? Yes. Even when you're on staff. Yep. And so I was helping ushering. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was quite amazing because this woman gets mad at me. And she calls me a racist because I want to seat her in a certain seat. Can you imagine? And she, But she, come to find out later, she apologized because she had formulated an opinion of me without even knowing me. She had already said, you're guilty of this. You're a racist. You're whatever. And I, you know, but it was interesting because I had to deal with that thing. You know, I told her, I said, what do you mean I'm a racist? My wife is Hispanic. I mean, I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's a whole nother story, babe. But anyway, <laughs> we have fun here at the river. But see, it's real world. It's those things that you're going to deal with in life where people formulate. It happens a lot. It ha- I mean, we have some stories about it where it happens but see, that's the thing is the best thing you can do is because you don't want your faith. See, the whole point is you don't want your faith to be affected. You don't want your faith where you're believing God for something. Think about it. You have kids that or grandkids that need to be saved. You have people. You don't want anything standing in the way of what you are believing God for to come to pass. Amen. And, and, and too many times we kind of will, will allow these things to come in and then we'll dwell on them and think about them and then. But you know what? That wasn't even the, the case. It's like it was imagination. And that's where a lot of people, they get these things out of the book of imaginations and they believe certain things and it, it's like it, 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 it dwarfs them. It dwarfs their faith. It just keeps them and prevents them from getting what they really should be believing for based upon what God's Word says. Amen? Is that helping some people? I mean, we try to... See, the thing about it is... We have to always just be watching our spirits. Amen. Guard our hearts. Amen. Because out of our hearts flow the issues of life. If you don't want issues, guard that heart. Amen. Hello. Amen. And so it's very, very important. But we can see here Jesus is teaching his disciples very, very important things. Because they're going to... Remember, Jesus at some point is going to go to the cross. Amen. He's going to die. Then he's going to lay in that grave three days and he's going to be resurrected by the power of God. Amen. And then he is going to show himself 40 days. He's going to spend time and then he ascends to the right hand of the Father. And there are some things that they need to do. Amen. And Jesus is teaching us here, church, because there are things that we need to accomplish for the kingdom. And so being faith-minded is being kingdom-minded. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that that's the thing is, and I wanted to share some points this morning. won't take too long. But I want to share some other scripture regarding our faith and our faith not wavering. Are we not wavering in our faith? Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast 
the profession or confession of our faith without wavering. Wow! For he is faithful that promised. Amen? So as you begin to speak, come on. A profession of faith, you make a confession of faith, obviously we understand that, under salvation, but you speak faith, amen? Believing, just like Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He didn't wait around to see if it happened, he knew what happened. It was the disciples that were shocked to see that it happened, amen? Come on, hallelujah. There should be an expectation to our faith, amen? We should never ever waver. Hebrew 23 says, let us hold fast to the confession. You know, it's important because sometimes our speech can change based upon what the result we're getting or not getting. Did you get that? Your speech should not change. What you say shouldn't change. That's why many people, well, if it's God's will, have you heard that? If it's God's will, He'll heal me. If they only knew God's word, it's His will. So rather than saying, if it's God's will, say, it is God's will. And I am the healed of the Lord. Amen. Amen? Amen. But it's holding fast to our confession of faith. Well, I'm not getting any better, so it must not be. No. It's yours. You were healed. Amen? Amen. And you are. It will manifest in your body. Amen? Amen. Hold fast. Don't change. Don't change it based upon what is happening or not happening. Amen? Come on. Come on. This is one of the biggest things. Who slips? Who's ever slipped and fell? Well, sometimes your words, your tongue slips. I don't know. It's kind of, it has a, it's a slippery surface. It can sometimes slip and you can allow things to come out. No. Stop yourself. Amen? Come on. I mean, I could tell you lots of stories where I've been, yes, your pastor, yes, right, me, yes, where I've actually was going to go say something, going to go complain, was going to speak doubt, was going to speak unbelief, but you know what? My spirit is in check. Oh, nope. Not going to say it. Said it many a times. Sometimes the most anointed thing that you can, you can do in a situation like that is shut up. Sometimes it's the most anointed thing you do. Just don't say anything. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. It doesn't change. Amen? Come on. You're going to hear me say, and I know you're the same way. I know you. You're going to be saying the same things until you get the heaven out of here. You're just going to be speaking faith, speaking faith, speaking faith, speaking faith. I'm not going to change. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it until kingdom come. Amen. I'm going to say it and I'm not changing. I'm not going to waver. Amen. And it's not a pride thing. It is a stand firm thing. Amen. Standing firm on the word of God. And God's word says it. And I'm not going to waver from it. Amen. And guess what? I'm not going to allow anybody else to toss me off that. They're not going to get me to step off the rock. They're not going to get me to step off the Word of God. Amen? Come on. I'm here. But many people treat the Word of God like a plank. <laughs> you know what I mean? When everything's going good, it's good. But when it's going bad, they just walk right off it. Into their demise. Because why? Because they got off the Word of God. And they begin to speak doubt. They begin to speak unbelief. James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith... Nothing wavering. Wow. 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So let him ask in faith, not wavering, never wavering, nothing wavering. Amen? Hallelujah. Ask in faith. And I believe, church, it's time for us to ask. Amen? It's not time for us to stop praying. We should continually pray. Amen? The church should be a church that continually prays. Prays all the time. You say, well, I don't know what to say all the time. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in your heavenly language. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit pray through you. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't just stop because... It's funny because I was driving somewhere. As a matter of fact, I was driving... I took my, my son, my oldest son needed some front tires. You know, this bad weather, it really revealed because he had, a, had kind of a bald tire or getting bald, but it got flat during the cold weather. So it really revealed. I'm like, son, you need to get some new tires. So I remember I drove him to work one morning this week, this past week. I drove him to work and I'm coming back and I'm just quiet. I'm just, I wasn't saying anything. I mean, I'm just like driving and I have been driving for I don't know how long, you know, for a while. And I just remember, I just said, stop it, Jason. No, I did. I had to like wake myself up. Stop it, Jason. And I said, Lord, hallelujah, I praise you. I, you know what I'm saying? But you'd just be like silent. Like I was like, what are you doing, Jason? Come on. Hallelujah. Stir it up. I started stirring myself up. I started praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, what better time? You're there by yourself. What better time? But you know what I'm saying? Does this relate to anybody? Or is it just me? Where you just catch yourself with like, hold on, wait a minute. I could be having some real quality time with the Lord. I could be worshiping. I could be praising Him. I could be speaking His Word. Amen? And I begin just to stir up that gift that was in me. And I'll tell you what, by the time I got back to my destination, where I was headed back, man, I was like, I was stirred up, ready to go. On fire. Amen? Even when it was cold out there, it was 30 it was actually like 33, 34 degrees. Just right above freezing. Amen? But I was stirred up. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. But you can catch yourself in this kind of like this little lull or this little, I don't know how to even call it. Maybe not even a lull. But you just... Dozing off. You know what I mean? And so you can doze off in your faith. You can be, you know, rather than just begin to speak. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the places, though, that people... Can sometimes, though, when it comes to this unwavering faith, is they'll limit God. They'll limit God. You know, Psalm 78, 19 through 29 says, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Like you see, there's this whole. Where there's people that's like, they've seen God move. They've seen God do the miraculous. Don't think that, don't ever find yourself where you know God, you know God's word, you've seen him move, but then you question him or you doubt if he's going to be able to do it. Because if you do, you're going to limit God. Listen to this. It says, can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this. And was wroth. He got mad. So a fire was kindled against Jacob. And the anger also came 
up against Israel because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let in fall, he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitation. So they did eat and were filled, were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. Verse 40 and, and, and through 42 says, goes on to say, How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. So actually, forgetting what God has done for you limits God. Limits God. Unbelief, doubt, limits God. Church, let us never ever find our place, our, 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 ourselves in a place where we're limiting God. Amen? God had done the miracles. God had delivered them. God had done, you know, can you imagine? They saw the plagues. They saw this thing. They, see the, they saw the Red Sea. They see, but yet what happens? They forgot. You know, God is really big on remembrance. Even Jesus, the head of the church, when he instituted communion, he said, in remembrance, right? You do it in remembrance of me. That's what Jesus says. Amen? Even God, they would build different things. They would put rocks there for, so they could remember. They would tell their generations, pass it down, pass it down, pass it down of what God did. Why? So there would be a remembrance of it. Amen? But many people forget. That's why don't hold your testimony without saying it. Don't, don't keep it silent. Amen? Share your testimony of how God saved you, of how God delivered you. Amen? Hallelujah. Share it. Don't, don't stop it. Don't just say, oh, well, I can't share that. That's too personal. No. Amen. God did it for you. And it's going to help someone else be set free. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Peter walked on water. Matthew 14, 31. Jesus says, wherefore did you doubt? Wherefore? What is the thing? Remember, Peter walked on water, sinks. Jesus reached down. Remember, Peter, help! <laughs> Jesus reaches down, amen? And Jesus says, wherefore did you doubt? Amen? Doubting limits God. Amen? Doubting limits God. Another thing limits God? Ignorance limits God. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. Ignorance limits God. God's power won't operate in a person's life that doesn't have the knowledge of his power. You see what I'm saying? Doesn't have a knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. 
Faith begins where knowledge is. God's Word brings the heart knowledge. Amen? God's Word brings, what does that really mean? Heart knowledge. Amen? God's Word brings heart knowledge. Hallelujah. So don't find our, you know, sometimes we can do that. We can find ourselves where we'll limit God. Say this with me. I will will. never Never. limit God. Hallelujah. See, so it's, it's in our belief system. Amen? Those are just some examples I'm giving. But it's something that happens. It can happen in anyone's life where they begin to not remember what God did for them. Amen? Whew, we should cherish that. Amen? Hallelujah. You should keep that flame kindled of how God saved you, what He's done for you. Amen? And not walk around like the old Baptist song, you know, they sing, I'm just a wretched sinner. Saved by grace. No, you're not. You're not a wretched sinner. Amen? Yes, you were saved by grace. That's why you're not a wretched sinner anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. You're a faith person. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm a son of God. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Amen? I'm not some old wretched sinner just barely making it, barely getting by. No. I'm a faith person and I'm going to see mountains move. Amen? Another point is faith to come up higher. Amen? Not just the things that would limit us, but then we got to deal with, we got to come up higher. Amen? We got to come up higher. God wants to put a force inside every single believer that they will come up higher. They're not just going to be stuck where you're at. Amen? Hallelujah, church. You will not just be stuck where you're at. Amen? Hallelujah. You're not just going to be stuck in neutral. You're going to be... Come on. God wants to shift your spiritual gears. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to get into what's that overdrive in our faith. Amen? God wants to put a stability in every single person. Amen? A stability. But that's what's going to go higher. You know, a building can only go as high as the foundation will allow. Amen? You can only go. Your faith will only go as high. You will only grow spiritually as high as the foundation that will allow. Amen? Spiritually. Founded on the Word of God. Founded on faith in God's Word. Amen? So you can come up spiritually higher. Hallelujah. Psalm 62, 2 says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Amen? If God is big enough to pick us up out of sin, then He's big enough to keep us out of sin. You see, it's just perspective. Amen? Come on. Trusting Him. Believing Him. Come on. Hallelujah. You don't step... You know, and that's the thing is, if you're going to step on something, have both feet placed where it's solid. Not one like on a crate barrel and one on a brick. You understand? We're something that can break. But that's how many people do. They'll, they'll put their... You know, have you ever seen somebody where they'll build something to get to reach to a point and they'll build something that's not very stable? But one side is. For believers, we have to have a full stability. Amen? 
Don't allow these other weak points to exist. These other things maybe where I'm believing this or I believe in something else, you know, I'm partially believing God. Amen? But that we believe in Him and believe in Him only. Amen? We stand firm. That's where God wants to put a stability in every one of us so that we know who we are in Christ. We know where we're standing. Amen? We know where we are seated. Amen? For we are seated in heavenly places. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you believe it, church? Come on. Then we're going to act like it. We're going to know who we are. Amen? And there will be a stability from that. Amen? we got to come up higher. Faith to rise higher. Hallelujah. Woo! Man. Many fail because they do not see their place of stability in Jesus Christ. They might have stability in other things, but they don't see their place of stability in Jesus Christ. Psalm 61 to David said, When my heart is overwhelmed. Who's ever felt overwhelmed? <laughs> I think everybody. Amen? So when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen? A place of stability. Higher. Out of that. Out of that issue. Away from the problem. Amen? Hallelujah. That we would come up higher. That's such a great verse. You should read that. Amen? Come on. You should stand on that. Amen? When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You see, there is a place of stability, but we've got to get there. Amen? We've got to come up higher. Amen? Hallelujah. God wants to take you up higher, church. Who believes that? Who wants to believe? God wants to take you up higher. Hallelujah. Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. The direction you're headed, he will establish it. Amen. I love that it says that. He established my goings. Amen. Not my coming and going. Not two steps, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Amen. But no, he established a step, a step, a step forward. I'm moving my goings. Amen. Not wishy-washy, not flip-flopping, you know. The Christian life is not to be like a politician's words. They flip-flop. Amen? But that they should... We move. Our goings. He establishes our goings. I'm moving forward. I'm not going back. Amen? Hallelujah. Isaiah 28.16 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation... He that believeth shall not make haste. Amen? Hallelujah. These are wonderful, beautiful scripture. Amen? That we should apply to our lives. Amen? So, faith to come up higher, church. Come on. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm not going to stay where I'm at in the Word. 
I'm going up higher. I'm not going to stay where I'm at in my prayer life. I'm coming up higher. I'm not going to stay where I'm at in faith. I'm coming up higher. Amen. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. Hallelujah. I'm not going to... Signs and wonders, get ready. Because you're about to be... Come on. To a whole new higher level. Amen. Come on. Miracles. we got to come up higher. I think it bothers God. Just personally. If you just stay where you're at. If you stay where you're at, you know what happens? There's that stagnant, just gets comfortable, just get complacent, just status quo. That irritates God. Because the fact of the matter is, if it is not moving you, how is it going to move God? Amen? If your faith doesn't even move you, how is your faith going to move God? Amen? So it's getting moving. Amen? It's getting moving. Hallelujah. And let me share this one last point with you. That our place of stability is on Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus is the rock of our salvation and He is the only stability we really need and the only stability we have. Amen? Not on anybody else. You can't build it on... I mean, I look at... I mean, my wife, and thank God for her faith, and thank God. But see, I don't build my faith on her faith. I don't build my life on the faith she has. I build upon the faith that I have. Amen? Vice versa. Our boys, we taught them. You know, you're coming into, you know, especially as your kids, as they get older, and grandkids, teach them how to stand on their own faith. Many a times they would come, oh, I don't feel good, my, my tummy hurts, whatever. And we would say, lay hands on yourself and pray. Believe God. We taught them to pray for themselves. Amen? We, we taught them the place of stability, who to go to. Because you, you know what the reality is? Mommy and Daddy are not going to always be around. They may not always be there. Be here to pray with you or whatever. But guess what? Jesus is always around. He's always going to be there for you. Amen? Come on. There's a place of stability. You go. And that's what we would do. Well, how can you as a parent? Why didn't you pray with them? Because we taught them how to pray. Amen? Woo, that brings joy to my heart. That brings like, I mean, that's the best thing. Come on. Oh, but then they don't come to you. Oh, no, they come to us all the time with other kind of things. And we talk and we have a relationship. Amen? But I don't have to pray for them when they pray. Amen? I'm telling you what, as a mother, as a father, that's like... That brings joy to our heart. That is like an accomplishment. Amen? And then they come and they tell you the testimony. You didn't even know about it. And then they come and tell you testimony. I was believing for this. I was going through this. But I prayed. Amen? And God came through. And that, this is how it happened. Amen? Man, you're like, come on! Hallelujah! That's awesome, see? That's what you're doing. Because why? They're not, they're not putting their trust in you. They're putting their trust in God. Amen? Matthew sixteen thirteen through 18. And I'll close with this scripture. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? 
And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the revelation that he just had, that Peter just had, upon the rock of this revelation. Amen. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So our place of stability, it's not in a man. It's not in a church. It's not in an organization. It's not in a government. It's not in a system. It's not in a monetary system. It is Jesus Christ. Amen. That is our place of stability. Built upon Jesus Christ and God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's awesome. You know, I almost kind of think, just a thought, I kind of almost expect, expect to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. And that's a crazy statement. But he had a revelation of Jesus. Look, I'm not limiting God and how he can do it. I, I really don't. But you know, it's interesting. Not that Nebuchadnezzar was a good guy, but remember, Nebuchadnezzar... He got mad, he built an idol, but he got mad because Daniel and those three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would not worship his God. Amen? See, that is a position of faith. We are going to take a stand. God might save us. God may not, but we're not going to waver. We're not going to change what we know. Amen? We're not going to waver from our faith. But it's interesting because, and I used to use that scripture to make that statement about what I said. Even, you know, I mean, I expect there's people are going to be in heaven that we're going to be shocked that are there. Amen? Same token, we're probably going to be shocked some people that are not there. Right? But when you look at it is, when Nebuchadnezzar heated up that furnace and threw in the three Hebrew boys, what happened? Jesus split time and space and was right there in the midst. Nebuchadnezzar went. How many did we throw in? Three. Then how come there is a fourth one that is like the Son of God? Who revealed that to him? Not flesh and blood. He had a revelation. Do you understand? And he said, that's the God we're going to serve. Amen? Hallelujah. But do you see how much of an impact you being faithful makes on people's lives, entire regions, entire cities, amen, your entire family. Why? Because you stay the course. You don't waver. Because people are looking. Who are the ones that are going to be stable? Who are the ones that I can go to in times of need or times of trouble or when I need healing or when the doctor gives a bad report? Amen. People are aware. Amen. They are watching. Hallelujah. And I say we will be the faithful ones. Amen. Hallelujah. And our faith will be unwavering. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word today. It has so encouraged me personally because our faith, even through this COVID, it never wavered. 
Hallelujah. We didn't shut down, we didn't stop, and we're not going to stop, and we're not going to quit. Hallelujah. But that the river church, Lord God, that every single person, as they stand, they stand in faith, Lord God. And we're going to see great and mighty things happen. Happen in this city. Happen in this region. Happen in their states, Lord God. Even in, even in Minnesota, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to see people's lives impacted. But we can never waver. We got to be like that light. We're not going to. We're not going to hide it under anything. We're not going to hide our faith away. No, but actively that our faith, that we will release our faith. Hallelujah! That people will see. Faith is visible. People will see. Boy, you just never quit. You just never give up. There's something you got. That people will see it and recognize it. People will run, Lord. To it. Hallelujah. I believe, Lord God, that this is the church's finest hour, but it's a church of unwavering faith. It's a church that will not quit. It's a church that will not give up. It's a church that will not compromise their beliefs, Lord God. It's, it's that we have, we are resolute in our hearts. That we've, we said, Lord, we're not going to change based upon the world standards. We only are changed by the word. Hallelujah. And that, Lord, that you would even today change whatever in our hearts, Lord, whatever there needs to be. If there's something in our heart preventing us, Lord, from walking in faith, from getting something that we've been asking for, whatever is preventing it, if there's any unforgiveness, Lord, that we will just release that thing today, Lord God. We don't want it in our lives. That the fire of God would come and burn up the dross, burn up that chaff, burn up that thing that's holding us back, Lord God. We're believing for major church growth. We're believing for a, a, a piece of property. We can walk into a building, Lord God. And that we're going to see all of South Texas shaken by the fire of God. But it'll be because of our faith, Lord. It'll be because of our faith. It'll be because of our faith. We're not going to waver, Lord God. But we're going to see you move. You're going to move in this land. You're going to move. Hallelujah. Move in every single realm. Every single realm will be shaken. And it will be shaken because the church rose up. And we're going to rise up. We're going to wake up. Hallelujah. I believe there's a segment of the church that's waking up. Hallelujah. And we're going to take a stand for righteousness by faith, Lord God. By faith, America shall be saved. Our families shall be saved. Complete household salvations, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe it, church? Hallelujah. I believe it. And I believe this was timely. That's why I draw unwavering faith. Amen? Come on. Not part-time church. Not part-time Christians. Amen? Full-time. Jesus, full-time Savior. I'm going to be a full-time. Amen? Full-time. I'm going to be full-time. Amen? Hallelujah. That's a whole message. I should just name that whole sermon, right? Part-time believer. There was a girl... Was it Gloria Chavez that actually preached a sermon in homiletics because everyone had to preach a sermon, write a sermon. She preached a sermon in homiletics called, called the, uh, the Sunday Whore. The Sunday Whore. And it was probably one of the most powerful sermons. So, but we're not going to be, amen? Come on. We're not going to be part-time. We're not going to be, we're going to be full-time. Full time in faith. Faithful. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just do this here. You that are watching, you that are listening.
Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Today is that day. Don't hesitate. Don't put it off. But you can come to Jesus in faith. Amen? By grace, through faith, you're saved. You say, well, I've done too much. I've done too many things wrong. God can never save me. No, that is wrong. He can save anyone. Because His Son, Jesus, paid the price. So you can come to Him. And He will welcome you with wide open arms. So if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. But secondly, and I find a lot of people fit in this category, is that you ask Jesus into your heart at one time, but you find yourself in a backslidden state. That you've allowed things to come into your life, come into your heart, that are occupying your life, that have taken you out of the will of God. And you don't even pray, you don't even... You don't even care about eternity. You don't even, you don't even have an expectation of Jesus' return. There's something that came in, rocked your world, whatever it is. It could be something that was traumatic. A divorce, loss of a loved one, loss of a job. I mean, a whole a lot of things that come in that can rock your world. But it's this unwavering kind of faith that I'm talking about. And that you, today, would get a revelation of it. That you could come back to Jesus and not allow anything to shake you ever again. Things will come. It's not going to be easy. But that you would today make the decision to repent and come back to Jesus and fall in love with Jesus all over again, that Jesus will be your first love. There's no more of being in that category of a prodigal son. It's about coming home. This is your homecoming. There's a call to come back home today. So if that's you, maybe it's something on the inside. Maybe it's something that came in and got a grip on you and it's like it's got a grip on you now. That thing will be broken off of your life as you surrender your heart to Jesus. Maybe it's pride or jealousy or unforgiveness or bitterness or lust or something has come in and it's got a grip on you. But as you give your heart to Jesus, you give Him everything, He will save you. And thirdly, the devil's lying to you, telling you you're not saved, you're not born again, that you're not forgiven, that you're not on your way to heaven. Those lies will be broken off your life today. So if you fit into one of those three categories, I want to pray with and for you right now, without hesitation. Say this out loud, believing it in your heart. It's not just about repeating something. It's about believing it in your heart and making a confession unto faith. Say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. I believe you came in the flesh. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead by the power of God. And that now you sit on the right hand of the Father interceding for me. And I thank you for saving me. Lord, I forgive anyone who ever hurt me. And I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I have confidence in your word that says If I confess Jesus 
is Lord. And believe in my heart. That God raised him from the dead. I will be saved. And as I confess Jesus. As my Lord. And my Savior. Believing in my heart. That God raised him from the dead. I have full confidence. I am saved. I am born again. I am washed in the blood. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus. In my heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just thank Him now. Hallelujah. Thank you for saving us. Hallelujah. But it's when we make that step of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Now hold fast. You that prayed that prayer. You that are watching and listening. Hold fast to the confession. Or the profession of your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't waver from it. Hallelujah. And whatever comes your way. Go to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you bless this morning church? Hallelujah. That's what was on my heart. More than ever. We've got to be the faithful ones. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Let's give you an opportunity to sow seed this morning, to give, invest in the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do what God tells you to do. We follow God's instruction. Amen. We're not here to take. God's not taking anything from you. Matter of fact, it's all His anyway. Amen. But we show Him. Amen. That we honor Him. That we love Him. That we trust Him. In our giving. And there is power in that seed. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me ask my beautiful wife to come up. Pastor Gloria. Come up and pray over the tithes and offering this morning. And as you've purposed in your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. There's power in that seed. Amen. Of multiplication. So just hold it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you give seed to the sower. Thank you that there is no lack at the River Church. We give this cheerfully back to you, Lord, and we thank you that you're multiplying our seed. You don't subtract, you don't add, but you multiply the seed. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen. It's awesome. We do it, we do it cheerfully. Isn't that right, church? Amen. Come on. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 You know, and that's really what, to me, is what's really been impressed on my heart is, and who, who, who's really, that the Lord's been dealing with, with you even on this, is faithfulness. More than ever. Amen? Because you can see, that's what really has shaken the church in that area. That's why we stick with the word. Amen. You that are watching, you that are listening, we love you. God loves you. Get down to the river. Amen. Come on. We invite you. Be our personal. Amen. Guest. Come. Be what God, be part of what God's doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.